have been walking through this book and we have finally made it to the conclusion of chapter six. As the pastor and author of this book, Paul, takes us into his closing benediction, I wanna invite you now to turn with me in your Bibles, if you have one on your phone or have one uh, hard copy in hand, to Ephesians chapter six, and we're gonna look at verse 23. Ephesians six, verse 23. When you get there, say, I'm there. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. Let's eat, Father, right now as we eat from your word. I pray, God, that you would steady our hearts, calm our minds. Speak to us, Lord. Come on, if you're watching this online right now, if you're right here in the room, pray your prayer right now. Just say, Jesus, what do you want him to do? Speak, oh God. Teach us, God. Heal us, God. God, give us a word directly from your word that we would walk out of this place feeling and experiencing your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Ephesians 6, verse 23, it says, peace be to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul gets ready to make this, he gets ready to land this plane, right? He is putting the closing button and bow on this letter to the Ephesians. Six chapters full of gospel truth, jam-packed with so much in store. I was getting ready thinking that this was gonna be the final sermon in this series, and I realized we got at least one more. Some of y'all were like, man, this is it. This is the last one in Ephesians. But I read this verse. There's actually one more closing. I thought we were gonna do both. But then I said, you know what? There's something in this verse that's so powerful that I wasn't able to make it past. So I felt like we just needed to conclude and stay here for at least one more sermon. And that's this first word I wanna highlight on the screen. It's this word, peace. Everybody say peace. Come on, say peace. One more time, peace. Here's what it says. Let me go ahead. Peace be to the brothers and sisters. I read that verse and I thought, okay, Paul is closing out this chapter wishing well the Ephesians, wishing and praying and admonishing and encouraging them to have peace. And then I started to go deeper and ask some more questions. What does that even mean? Peace be to the brothers and sisters. What type of peace is he talking about? How is that peace experienced? And I realized, you know what? We need to go deeper into the subject of peace. And essentially, Paul is saying peace out to the Ephesians, but I wanna make sure that they know what he means by saying peace. Peace is such a powerful word. Peace is such a powerful push from Paul here. It's a powerful wish for Paul to have toward the Ephesians. I was reading a commentary from R. Kent Hughes. He says, there's nothing more revealing about us than what we wish for those we love most. What do we wish for our children or for our longtime friends? What we are wishing for can only be categorized under headings like education or profession or possessions. That is what we value most. And we're a long way from Paul's mind, perhaps even from eternity. What is the best thing I could wish? 
says Paul. The answer comes, peace be to the brothers. Some translations stop at brothers, but I did the research on that word. That word brothers is actually in a masculine form, but it's actually encompassing of both genders, brothers and sisters. And so we're looking at that text today, and Paul is saying, peace be to the brothers and sisters in Christ. I wanna talk to you about what is biblical peace and how that biblical peace is experienced and not just experienced, but then given away as well. So we talk about the peace of God and the God of peace. The first point that I wanna highlight for you today is this, peace with God. I wanna talk about peace with God. When God is writing this letter through Paul, Paul's saying, hey, peace be to the brothers and sisters here in Las Vegas. Peace be to those online. Peace be to Walk Church. Peace be to the Ephesians. What does he mean by that? He's he's what he means. Peace with God. It's an important statement because I think some of us could potentially be deceived here today that everybody has peace with God. But I want to remind you here of some difficult truth apart from a saving relationship with Jesus, apart from repenting of your sins, saying, sins, you no longer have a control over my life. My sins no longer control me. My past is no longer my identity. I'm now a new creation in Jesus by faith in Christ. If you don't have that, you today don't have peace with God. Paul is saying, brothers and sisters, I want you first and foremost to experience peace with God. How do you experience peace with God? Through faith in Christ. Today, if you have not gotten to that place where you've said, you know what, enough of me, all of him. Faith, not by sight, but by faith, this confidence, this trust inwardly that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what he said he would do, that he died and rose in your place, that he's coming back again, that he is the only sufficient sacrifice for our sins until you have Receive that truth. Friend, you don't have peace with God. The greatest thing that you should desire on earth is to have peace with God. If you have peace with God, you have everything, amen? Look, look, look. you're created by God. You're created for God. One day you're gonna go to God. You gotta get this right. You gotta make sure when it's you and God, y'all, you got peace. This word peace, it's the Greek word, Irene. It's the Hebrew word, shalom. It's what Jewish people in the Bible would come up to each other. Israelites and Hebrews would say, shalom to you. And then you would say that back. You would give the shalom, the, the peace of God to somebody. It's such a big deal. I love how the definition in the Greek lexicon says it. It says that this word in the original language meant to join or bind together that which has been separated. So why do we need the peace of God? Why do we need to have peace with God? Because if you don't, you're still separated from God. But the good news of the gospel is God does not want to be separated from you. God does not want to have a long-distance relationship with you. Amen? God wants to have a very tight, real, personal, peaceful relationship with you, and he's done everything so that you can have that with him. It would be a bad news message if I were to say, you need to have peace with God, but there's nothing you can do. Sorry. 
You can just hope and cross your fingers and work really hard that one day God will have mercy on you. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not about what we can do to earn it. The gospel is about what's already been done for us. And so today, you can have peace with God. I wanna write with the Apostle Paul, walk church, peace be to you. Peace with God. This, This joining, this bridging back together, 340 times in the Bible, God is referring to this phrase, shalom, peace. God desires for us to have peace with him. I love how Paul writes to the Roman church. He says it like this in Romans 5.1. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If I could just stay there for a minute, I just wanna highlight this reminder that when we put our faith in Christ, we get justified. And when we get justified, hopefully there's some type of emotion of peace some type of tranquility, some type of peace of mind, peace of heart, because you're justified. I want you to imagine it like this. Justification is legal language. That's the type of wording you would find in a courting house or in a lawsuit. The truth is that you and I, right, we have sinned against God. All of us in the room are fellow sinners. We've all missed God's aim, God's mark. Therefore, God has righteously taken us to trial He's put, he's put us in the, the block and we are found to be guilty. I mean, imagine you've done something and you just know you're guilty. And you're there in the courtroom and the judge says, listen, you are not justified because you are found to be guilty and the wages of your sentence is death. That you need to die for your punishment. But then as you're shaking, as your heart is anxious, as your mind is racing, as you're looking and you don't have enough bail money and nobody around is willing to do that for you, you look and you see the door open and you see a king enter the room and his name is Jesus. And he says, wait, 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 wait. I want to take upon that death. I want to die for Haydn. I wanna die for his sins. I actually wanna pay that, judge, can I pay that price with my own blood? At that moment, after you're in awe of that amazing grace, and Jesus says, I've come to take your place, hopefully there's some type of peace that would come over you, amen? Where you can now have peace with God through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been justified just if I'd never sinned. God looks at me and says, I no longer see your sin. I see my son covering your death. And that brings us peace. My question to you, have you come into agreement with that message? Do you agree with God that you're a sinner? Do you agree with God that you need his blood? Do you agree with God that you even need to be saved? Do you agree with God that you're not a good person? Because until you do, you'll never experience peace. But friend, listen to me. When you do, when you're able to realize, you know what? It's not all about me. And I'm not that great of a person. In fact, I'm a bad person. I'm a sinful person. I deserve to go to hell. But God, you start to feel peace. This was the story of Job. I love Job's testimony in the Bible. Job was a righteous man of God, but 
He was attacked with a lot of spiritual warfare. He experienced death. He experienced pain. He experienced sickness. He experienced persecution from his wife. He experienced bad friendships and, and slander. And here's what Job says in Job chapter 22. He says it like this. He says, friends, agree with God and be at peace. What a hidden verse. That, that Job had this advice for his friends. He said, look, friends, y'all gotta stop hating at some point. Y'all got some friends like that? Like, can you just stop hating? All that hate in your heart? Just come into agreement with God and then you'll be at peace. Job is saying, look, I know that I'm sick. I know that a lot of my family just died. I know that I got red bumps all over my body. I know that I'm laid up and this really is not fun. Can you just come into agreement with God? Because when you agree with God, you find peace. You'll, you'll be at peace. I, I came to bring a message to somebody today that's absent of peace. You're here today and you're looking for peace. You're wrestling with peace. You need shalom. You need unity. You need a tranquility. You need a new dose of peace, a calmness. Can I just tell you, you gotta agree with God and be at peace. Friend, you could... Do what Vashon just saying. You could search for all eternity. You could climb the highest mountain. You could go away like monks would do and build a monastery and meditate for five hours. Friend, you don't have to do any of that. Just agree with God and find peace. You gotta get to this place, brother, sister. I wanna encourage you. This message is for free, all right? Get to this place where you can look in the mirror, looking at the camera, where you can say, Man, God tells me that I'm a sinner. God tells me that I'm evil. God sees me and he sees all my imperfections. God sees me and he says that your sin has caused a divide. But at that same moment, God sees me and he loves me and he cares for me and he sends his son in my place to do all the stuff I couldn't do because he wants me for eternity and friend, come into agreement with that message and be at peace. This, was, th th this message right here is gonna help you. Here's why. Because some of you are still looking for peace from your kids, but your kids are not meant to give you peace. Some of you are looking for, for peace from your sport, but sports weren't meant to give you peace. Some of you are looking for peace from your spouse, your spouse wasn't meant to give you peace. It doesn't say agree with your spouse and be at peace. It says agree with God. Come into agreement with God. Say, God, okay, I need you. I, I need you, Lord. I want you. Come into agreement that says, God, I need Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit. I need to get baptized. I need to go to church. I need to get plugged in. I need to be generous. I need to make a relationship right. Whatever God tells you to do, can you come into agreement with it today? God might tell you today to do something radical. Just go do it. Because <laughs> when you're right with God, you have the peace of God. And that peace comes through faith in Christ. I love this verse. This was the announcement of the angels in Luke chapter two. Let me take you back to Christmas. On the first ever Christmas day, when Jesus Christ was born, a little bit up the road, angels were ministering to shepherds. Here was the song they sang. Come on, can you sing it with me? Let's just say it out loud. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What's Christmas all about? 
Christmas is all about God giving you peace, joy to the world. The Lord has come and peace on earth. Amen. How do we get to that peace on earth? Come on, you got to agree with God and recognize I'm a sinner that needs to be saved. And just daily, you can tap into that reality. Peace with God. God says, I want to be pleased with you. But first, you got to believe in me. God says, I want you to be right with me, but let me do what only I can do for you so that you can experience peace. Praise God, the gospel's for everybody, amen? The gospel's not just for certain individuals. The gospel's open to all of us here today. The blood of Jesus is for all of us today. For God so loved all of us, amen, in this world that he gave his son so that we could experience his peace. That's peace with God. But I also want to go deeper than that. I want to talk about peace that comes from God, peace that comes down from God. Like, first, you got to have peace with God. The, the opposite of peace is hostility. The opposite of peace is battle. The opposite of peace is war. You don't want to be in the opposing side of God. You won't win that battle. But, but the other good news about peace is that peace comes down from God. So be at peace with God through faith, and then be, get, get peace from God, receive. Let me talk to you about this. I love that in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Peace is a person, amen? Jesus himself says, only I can give shalom like that. I wanna just move you closer to Jesus today because the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to peace. Friend, if you know Jesus, you know peace. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know peace. Jesus says that you may have it. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. He says, I've overcome this world. The, the world will give you trouble. I, I want to I promise you that on the authority of God's word, there's trouble outside these doors. It doesn't take long for someone to cut you off, a screaming kid. You, say, you slip up. You say something you didn't mean. You have a lustful thought. You struggle with something you didn't. There's, there's tribulation and people persecute you for your faith. You go on social media for two minutes, you feel discouraged. Come on, somebody, right? Jesus says, but check this out. I've come to give you peace. I even want you to do something with me. I want to drop a word in your hand. Come on, just open your hands right now. This is a posture. This is a posture to receive. This is a posture that says I'm closed. This is a posture to receive. Can I just put something in your hands right now? I want to put the words of John 14, 27 in your hands right now. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Amen? Not as the world gives do I give it to you. That's a false version of peace. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Amen? Come on, grab it. Just grab it. Grab it. Put it in your heart. Take it. Receive it. Put it in. Spiritually. Come on, we're just doing interactive stuff today. Come on, we can do it. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with peace. The disciples were struggling, as you can imagine, right? Try following somebody for three years, giving and selling all your stuff, dropping your nets, leaving them behind. You're saying, hey, look, I'm giving up everything to follow this man named Jesus. He doesn't even have a home to live in, right? I'm just following him by faith, but I got peace. The disciples said, you know what? I'm gonna do stuff that's radical. I'm gonna do stuff that, even my flesh doesn't agree with. 
I'm going to do stuff that my parents don't agree with. I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to follow Jesus. We're going to raise dead people. We're going to walk on water. We're going to multiply the bread and the fish. And then this Jesus goes, all right, I'm going home. And, this, and, the, and Jesus says, and you can't come there right now. And they say, what do you mean? All we know is this. And Jesus says, just wait. I'm going to leave you with peace. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. You don't got to look for it in any other place other than what I can give you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't get afraid. I'm about to do this thing through you. Jesus then would tell them, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of peace. Love, joy, peace. And he's going to live his life through you in the same stuff that Jesus did then. He's going to do now through us. And he's going to provide peace. Amen. Peace comes down from God. Peace with God. This was David's prayer in the Psalms. David was going to battle. What was David praying for? Psalm 29. He says, may the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Maybe you make that your prayer. You got chaos in your life. You have anxiety in your life. You have fear in your life. Wake up tomorrow morning and say, Lord, today bless me with peace. Bless me with shalom. Bless me with that unity to know that I know that I know God is in control. God is the God of peace and he wants you to experience that. That's why Paul, when he closes Ephesians, what's he thinking about? I want you to be at peace. What can I give the Ephesians in this closing autograph? Peace from God, peace with God. Paul closes multiple letters like this. As you'll find Paul planted several churches, the Corinthian church, the Colossian church, the church in Thessalonica. Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he closes the letter by saying, now may the Lord of peace, I love that name for God. I call God Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my protector. But not enough do I call the Lord is my peace. Can we just take that one and start to use it? Attach this to your prayer, God of peace. The Lord of peace himself will give you peace. Everybody say all times. Come on, say all the time. Say every way. All the time and every way may the Lord give you peace. The Lord be with you. As Paul closes this letter, he's closing it with an admonishment to have peace. Peace from God, peace with God. The third way that this peace is experienced is through peace with people. Peace with people. Paul says, peace be to the brothers and sisters in the Lord in Ephesus. What type of peace? Peace with God, peace from God, peace with each other. God wants us to experience peace together. As I was thinking about this point, God began to draw my heart to a sermon that we preached in this chapter or in this book three years ago. So let me go ahead and refresh our memory. Let's Let's go to Ephesians chapter two. Can we just jump back a few chapters? Right in Ephesians chapter two, Paul is writing to the believers there and he starts out in the first half in Ephesians two, one through 10, it's all about peace with God. He says, you were dead in your sins, dead in your trespasses, children of wrath, sinning your way to hell, but God wants to make peace with you. 
He made you alive. By faith, you've been saved through grace in Christ. And then, that's the first half. Then verse 13 shows up. And he says, this vertical piece needs to become horizontal piece. He says, now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law and commandments. Let me stay here just for a second. What I wanna share about this verse is this text in 14. It says, he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. What does that mean? Let me break that down just for a second. I, I, I pray that it would be helpful because if we don't know the historical context, these verses won't make sense. In this day and age, there was a ton of hostility in Ephesus. There was hostility in Jerusalem. There was hostility in Israel. Why? Because there was this dividing wall of hostility between Jewish people and Gentile people. It was ethnicity that was dividing. It was people of Jewish heritage not f f fellowshipping and not eating with and not looking at and not living with and going in the same places of worship with people that had a Greek background or a Gentile background. It was people that had a Gentile background like the Samaritans that said, I will never eat or hang or talk with a Jewish person. The, the hostile line was strong. We still have hostility lines in our culture today, don't we? That we build up, that we put up against other individuals, whether that's because of a certain cultural background or color or ethnicity or socioeconomic background or who you voted for, who you didn't vote for, what you said on social media, what you, do, what you have in your bank account, well, how you look, how you dress. We, we draw these lines. And what Jesus is saying is, if you're new in me, if you've experienced my peace, I'm now calling you to extend peace. I'm calling you to be a person of peace. God wants you to be a person of peace to people that even look different than you. God wants you to be a person of peace that people that even vote different than you. God wants you to be a person of peace that eat different than you, that look different, that, that, that think different than you. He's saying that, that wall that divides Jews and Gentiles, that ethnic wall has been torn down, abolishing the law of commandments. Let's go to that next slide. We'll finish this text up. Expressed an ordinance that he might create into himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace so that people would go to church in Ephesus and they would walk into the Ephesian warehouse. They would say, man, there's some Jews in here. There's some Greeks in here. There's some black people in here, some white people in here, some yellow people in here. There's some old people in here, some young people in here. And we all have peace. What is this? This is the church. This is how God created the body of Christ. That, that the church was called to be a place of peace. Now, now, historically, has this been the case? No. Sadly, this hasn't been our reality with Christianity in America. But here's what I want to say. Can we start now? Can we be the change that we want to see? Can we be the change that we're reading about? Can we be the change that we want to 
walk into a room and say, man, this looks like a whole bunch of colors in here and culture in here and background in here and we all got peace. Nobody's impressed with each other. Nobody's actually low-key slandering or hating on each other. In fact, this is a place of peace. That's my dream for our church. I believe that was Paul's dream for the Ephesians. I believe that was Jesus's dream for his body, which is why in heaven, you're gonna see all of it. If you struggle with multicultural living today, you will hate heaven. You, I mean, it's gonna be horrible. If you struggle with worship, you're not gonna like heaven either. There's a lot of singing. It's loud. It's big. It's awesome. Right? Like Jesus says, I'm inviting you into little moments of heaven every Sunday where, where there, there's different cultures, there's different language, there's different, there's different opinion, there's different thought. But we come together alongside each other and we stand together in agreement on the gospel that tore down the walls of hostility so that we could have peace with God, we could receive peace from God, and then we can even have peace with each other. That, that, that's the reason why in Galatians chapter two, the apostle Paul rebuked the disciple Peter. Y'all know Peter who walked on water? Peter one day was hanging out with the Galatians. He made his way to Galatia. He's spending an afternoon with the Galatians. He starts hanging out with the Gentile Galatians, the non-Jews. He starts eating Chick-fil-A with the Galatians. Come on, right? He's eating some pita and hummus with the Galatians. And then the apostle Paul, this Jew of Jews, this Hebrew of Hebrews, steps into the restaurant and Peter gets up from the table and acts like he doesn't know him. And Paul says, whoa, you're anti what the gospel preaches. The fact that you would leave because you don't wanna be associated with a certain people group and try to act different. Even Peter needed repentance, amen? Come on, why do I share that? Not to shade Peter, to say you're not alone. We're all growing, amen? We all are growing in gospel living where we're extending grace and peace to people that may be different. Does that mean we compromise sin? Never, because love rejoices in the truth, amen? Does that mean that we walk past a person who's heading off a cliff because we love them and don't wanna offend them? The, the biggest nightmare that I could have the biggest nightmare that I could think of is to have somebody get up to heaven with me and say, you didn't tell me how to get here? And me to say, well, I didn't want to offend you. What, 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 offend him now? Like, no, this is our time to say, hey, here's how you can have peace with God. And here's how we can have peace together too. This is the call that Paul gave to the Roman church, in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, he says it like this. He says, if possible, everybody say, if possible. Come on, aloud, if possible. He says, if it's possible, Romans, as far as it depends on you. Look at the person next to you and say, this is for you. Say it right back, say, no, it's for you. If it's online, it's, this is for you. This is for us, everybody, this is for us. As far as it depends on us, be at peace with all people. As far as it depends on you, strive to be at peace with everybody. Now, now, here's what I wanna say. I wanna caveat something. Here's what this does not say. This doesn't say, if possible, as far as it depends on you, be best friends with all people. 
Come on, amen? It does not say that. It doesn't mean you have to spend the night with everybody, be best friends with everybody, hang out and call every day. It means that you do have to strive for peace with everybody as far as it depends on you. Maybe the, the takeaway, the action step for you when you leave church today would be to think through, is there anybody in my life that I don't have peace with that as far as it depends on me, I could do something to make peace with them? I want you to just pray about that. Don't answer that question yourself because in your own flesh, you won't allow yourself to do it. You'll say, I'm good with everybody. And maybe the Holy Spirit might say, I wanna say something, I wanna say something. Don't cut me off. Ask the Holy Spirit. Get on your knees. You don't have to get on your knees, but just say, Jesus, is there anybody that I don't have peace with that you want me to initiate? And just listen. It could be a family member. It could be somebody in this church it could be somebody who left this church, went to a different church. It could be somebody who left the faith altogether. It could be somebody that you said something that you shouldn't have said about. It could be somebody that you're sitting right next to. I don't know. If you don't have peace with the person, what does it look like as far as it depends on you to go make it right? I want to give you that word today at church. I know for me, if I can be transparent with you, as the senior pastor of this church, I'll just say something transparently with you. If you were to ask me today, do you have peace with everybody? Are all your relationships right, Hayden, today? If I'm completely honest, I'd say no. Not all the relationships in my life throughout my journey are right. But I would then add, but as far as it's dependent on me, I've strived to make those right. Right? So, so I would say this. I can't control how another person receives. You can't control if somebody receives your peace or not. Jesus says, if you show up to a house and say, peace be to this house, and they say, we don't want your peace, say, he actually says, dust off your Air Force Ones, come on somebody, and just keep walking. He doesn't say, make a post about them. He doesn't say, talk bad about them. He just says, dust off your feet and keep going. You have to be able to let people be them, but just make sure as far as it depends on you, come on, look at the person next to you and say, this is for you, this is the part. <laughs> send, it back, say it, send it right back to them, send it right back. No, I think it's for you. As far as it depends on you, you've done everything you could do. Whether, maybe, it, maybe it meant sending an email, maybe it meant sending a text message, maybe it meant initiating a call. I think in-person is always better. Maybe it meant you buying a coffee. Maybe it meant you pulling somebody aside after church and saying, I just don't feel that, that, that unity peace with you. And as far as it depends on me, I want that with you. Does, we'll probably never be best friends. The relationship might not ever be the way it once was, but at least we got peace. And that's what Paul is writing to the Ephesians. Paul is saying, that's what I want for you. That's what I pray for you. Proverbs 12, verse 20, listen to this verse. It says, deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. If you start planning peace in the relationships in your life, joy will be the thing that goes into your heart. Because, check this out, I wanna, I wanna say this verse because just me talking about this is making some of y'all feel uneasy. 
Can I get an amen from somebody? It makes me feel uneasy. Come on. Most people hate conflict. And I understand. I'm just glad that God doesn't. Because God sends Jesus into the conflict so that we can have peace with him. In fact, it cost him his life. He died and shed his blood so that we can have peace. How much more now should we step into conversations of conflict with peace? God says, if you do it, I'll give you joy. God says, I I double dog dare you to step into a conversation like that. I'll give you joy. God tempts us with joy. God tempts us with peace. He says, peace will follow those conversations. Peace and joy. Let me give you the last point and I'm done. I promise, last point. Then we can just come back, all right? Come back and get some more later. God gives us peace with himself. God gives us his own peace from heaven. And then God gives us peace with people. The final point is God gives us peace of mind. I, I, I wanna encourage you with that word that God wants to give you peace of mind. I was de- tempt, tempting to go peace of heart, but whatever one you like better, you can take, all right? Because I believe the mind influences the heart. What goes into your eyes and what goes into your mind goes right into your heart directly and that determines how your heart feels. The heart and the mind are so connected, there's like millions of like shock waves going between the heart and the mind all day long. That's how we feel. What we think matters because what we think goes into our heart. God wants to give you peace of mind. He really does. Isaiah 26 verse three says that you, Lord, keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I believe God wants to give your mind peace, peace of mind. Paul says, Ephesians, before I close, I'm praying that you'll have peace of mind that you won't have a chaos mind, a cluttered mind, a distracted mind, but peace of mind. Have you ever been around somebody that just has peace of mind? It's contagious, it'll jump on you. You might be the most, you might come into the house like a tornado and then you'll be around somebody that has peace and then that peace will just calm you down. You'll be like, all right, I'm good. That peace just, that peace just tapped me. You keep in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. Friend, can I just challenge you to try to think about the Lord this week? When you're in the workplace, find time to think about God. When, when, you're, when you're on the football field, find time to think about God. Right? When you're in the bank, behind the window, think about God. When you're selling a home, and one of our team members who does real estate, I prayed with them after the service. I said, I pray that every house you show when a person walks in, they feel peace. I, as a basketball player who played professional basketball, I started to apply some of these principles. Every time I would get, step up to the free throw line, I would try to do some thoughts about the Lord just to just get peace in my mind and get focused, right? Whatever you need to do, whatever season you're in, whatever you're about to step into, think about the Lord. Get your mind set on him. It's so important to memorize scripture I had a brother of mine text me this week. He said, I'm really tempted with lust right now. I said, start quoting scripture because when you think about God, you feel peace and everything else leaves. Everything else flees. The devil hates when we quote the word, amen? Peace will go into your heart. I love it in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I 
I promise you I'm going to go like this because we're almost done. I got like 10 more scriptures, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wrap up. Philippians 4, Paul closes his letter to the church in Philippi. And here's what he says. He says, don't be anxious. Come on, say, don't be anxious. Don't do it. He says that, look, look. The fact that Paul says, do not be anxious, shows me it's a choice. You, did you catch that? The fact that the apostle Paul says, hey, you can either choose to be anxious or you can choose to set your mind on something else. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you start to pray and you go to God and you're feeling anxious, here's what God will begin to do. He'll just start to guard you. He'll start to protect you. You start, start playing defense, right? He'll start blocking shots from the devil. He'll start to guard your mind. He'll start to guard your heart. And here's the thing, peace that surpasses even understanding will guard you. People will even say, how can you have peace right now? And you'll say, I don't even understand it either. It's past my understanding, but it's God. He's done that in me. He's done that through me. He's done that for me. People will be like, how can I get that peace? Because I've searched the world, but I can't find it. I was reading a manuscript from Charles Spurgeon, the great Prince of Preachers from England. And he began to share a story that he read about a martyr who was getting ready to be lit on fire for his faith. That he was tied up to a stake and the guard was getting ready to light the flame to murder this man for his faith. Here's how the story reads. Spurgeon writes, there was a martyr who was fastened to the stake. The sheriff who was to execute him expressed his sorrow that he should persevere in his opinions and compel to set fire to the pile. The martyr answered, come, lay your hand on my heart. See if it does not beat quietly. His request was compiled with and he was found to be quite calm. Now, said he, lay your hand on your own heart. See if you are not more troubled than I am. And then go your way. And do not pity me. Pity yourself. The martyr was saying, even though this may be my last day on earth, I got peace with God. I got peace in my mind, in my heart. I got peace with you. I don't even, I'm not even fighting you. Lay your hand on my heart. Feel that peace. Don't you need that? Don't you want that? You can have that in the Lord. Remember growing up, I found, I, I found so much life in sport that I began to look for peace in the orange bouncing ball. That I would look to basketball to be the peace of my life. But I realized after time, sports is a really lousy God. That, that sports was never created to be God. Sports was created to be a game. And when you play that game for God, you get peace regardless of the outcome. 
And I needed to have that transformation. And so today, whatever you find yourself trying to extract peace from, can you just let that go? Can you just give somebody their peace back and say, hey, look, I'm gonna let you, you, don't, you, know, you no longer have to be my God. He gives me that. I'm no longer gonna look to extract peace from you because you can't give that to me. Only he can. And maybe you have to repent of that from a sport. Or maybe you gotta stop looking at a dollar bill or a check or a number and say, look, you can't even give me that peace. But God can, I'm gonna give you that back. God, I'm gonna receive that here today. The final verse that I'll quote, it comes from Numbers chapter six, and it's gonna lead us into this time of singing in response. The, the Aaron covenant prayer that Moses' brother Aaron prayed over the people of Israel. I wanna pray it over us today. It says, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, but what's the, save the best for the last. And may the Lord give you peace, amen. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would dispense peace into the room. As we respond now with prayer, we respond now with worship. We're gonna open up these altars if you need to come down and be prayed for, if you need to come down and just kneel, if you need to just stay right where you're at and pray, ask the Lord to give you peace. If you need to receive him as the savior of your life, ask him. Say, Jesus, save me. Would you save me? I promise you he'll say yes. By the authority of God's word, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everybody who turns from their sins and turns to him We'll find peace waiting for them. We'll find blood that can wash away their sins. Lord, meet us now, we pray, in this time of worship and prayer and response. In Jesus' name, amen.